Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. OK, well, we've got the National Hunt Chase at the top and Declan Lavery at the bottom, but we'll, we'll try and do this in, in some sort of order that makes sense. And we will start off then with Anthony Honeyball's views on the National Hunt Chase. He says, he might have been tripped up a little bit, but he says that the race should go, Dave, even though he's had a runner-up in it before. What do you think? How times change, because over the last few years, I know Colin Tizard would see the National Hunt Chase as a... As a a race where he would almost rather run his Gold Cup horses of the future rather than the RSA Insurance Chase, which has a pretty patchy record. Before I hand over, I'm just going to read you uh, first and second, or a couple of others. 2018, Rathvin the one, Muspafwa second, Sizing Tennessee third, Labyrinth Trophy winner. 2017, Tiger Roll, Mr. Proach, two th first and second. First and second, 2016, Manila Rocco, Native, Native River. River. Uh, fifth, Vicente, dual Scottish Grand National winner. 2015, Cause of Causes, subsequently twice successful at the Cheltenham Festival. On the evidence of one race run in the rain where there was one casualty, uh, and it, and it wasn't a particularly pretty spectacle to watch. Do we need to throw it onto the fire? Charlie, what do you think? I think too much has been made of the fact that it's an amateur race, first of all, because the guys riding in this race, the likes of Derek O'Connor, Jamie, Jamie Codd, um, they'd be good professional jockeys in their own right, basically. But the fact they're amateurs has got nothing to do with um, what's happened in the race. And... Um, I think they sh the race should, should stay as it is, definitely. Anthony Honeyball's view was if you have a four-mile race for novices with amateur riders, it's not a concoction that you would dream up if you were starting from scratch, which is a fair point. Yeah, hopefully it's just a blip, though. Even as a professional rider, you'd watch the amateur riders, poor John Thomas McNamara. In, as I said, even a professional, you'd watch those riders and learn from them in that kind of race. That was a great race to watch, usually, so hopefully that was just a blip and... Um, and the race can carry on. Is it a race you rode in when you were an amateur? Yeah, no luck in it, but it's always a good race to watch. Um, a good race to ride? Oh, great, yeah, yeah, good, 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 good steady gallop. And yeah, it's always a good race to ride, and hopefully it's just a one-off. Well, clearly its future is under, under some doubt, but um, certainly the view from the panel here is that the National Hunt Chase should stay. Now, I, I've no idea why. I mean, and I, I'm a big fan of Carol Vorderman. I've no idea why she's made it into this week's Talking Points, David. Well, it's just merely uh, to illustrate that racing is still a draw for famous people. We've spoken to Chris Hughes. Carol Vorderman obviously had a, a winner at Chepstow uh, this week, a horse that she owns in partnership, I think, with... Um, Mindy Hammond. Yes, yeah, uh, the, uh, Hammond, Richard Hammond's wife. Richard Hammond's wife. Yeah. And, and just to illustrate that all, all is not bad. Like We're looking at uh, record figures, aren't we, for mm. attendance to Cheltenham. It seems like the ITV figures were pretty good. Uh, we still enjoy passionate royal patronage. Uh, Her Majesty the Queen, we see the Prince of Wales. It's always a delight to see the Duchess of Cornwall at the races. Um, and I just feel that this is something that, that maybe, rather than looking inwardly with despondency... This is something whereby those of us who want the BHA to be on the front foot defending a sport should do so in the knowledge that it does seem pretty popular. Crisis, what crisis? I've seen Karen Vordman at Chepstow and my trout and headlad had a quick picture with her and uh, we were speaking to her for about 15 minutes and he ran over for a quick picture and she was great to talk to and she was excited about the horse running and said he was going to win and he duly did. I mean, and do you feel that when you're out there trying to sell the sport to, to new owners that you're getting a good 
a good response back. Yeah, seemed to be at uh, Potter's Corner's owner owns a third, Jonathan Davis, plays for Wales, owns a third of him, and um, yeah, racing. Do we talk about the negative points? But we're saying these younger people coming in, Cara Vorderman and good profile and tally, and they talk about great, great excitement about their horses running, and that's good. Have you got any celebrity owners at the moment, Charlie? No, we've had a sort of Steve Harley, um, Bobby Robson, people like that, but uh, no one at the moment. But we're always open to offers. It's not about Kim Bailey seems to hoover them all up, doesn't he? I don't know how. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brani Frost this week. Uh, how the wheel of fortune turns, as Christian knows only too well. Uh, she went from the heroine of the Cheltenham Festival, quite rightly, to having to endure a spell on the sidelines because she's had quite a nasty break of her collarbone, which is going to put her out for a little while. She'll join the ITV team, no surprise there, at Aintree, which is great for her and great for the viewers, Christian. It just does go to show that one minute you're top of the world and the next minute things ain't so good. Yeah, she obviously flying to Cheltenham and the, the telly loves her. She speaks so well about, about, the, about the horse, so um, obviously injured, which isn't which is poor to be missing an entry through that, but she'd be a great addition to ITV racing, so that's one, that's one good point through her injury. Yeah, well, indeed. Uh, so ITV's loss is the saddle's... Uh, ITV's gain is the saddle's loss, uh, Dave. Uh, it's quite an interesting week news-wise. As yeah, very, this. very interesting. I mean, obviously, uh, it's, a, it's a, a shame for the Grand National that it's lost its headline act in Bryony Frost, but uh, I, I'm not the only journalist who was... Far from satisfied with how uh, this was uh, dealt with, there almost to be uh, almost like a code of silence, a sort of omerta, if you will, about the way that uh, this news was released. I, I, I was off Sunday to uh, Wednesday, recovering from Cheltenham, and uh, that I, I saw the fall at uh, on Sky Sports Racing at, at Savile. We, we heard that Brian had gone to hospital. I rang the office and said, I'll look after this if you like. Rang Dave Roberts about 20 times, Brian's agent. He didn't take the call and then started cancelling it. Uh, throughout the week, we had pretty thin gruel from Brian's representatives. There was a statement on Tuesday from John O'Spence saying that she'd had x-rays, didn't tell us what the result of those x-rays were, and then on Thursday, the Jockey Club and Matchbook, her sponsors, released uh, an identical statement saying that she had suffered a fracture uh, of her collarbone. Now, when Bryony won the... I'm sorry to go over, but it's necessary. When, when Bryony won the Ryanair chase, that made the 10 o'clock news, right? Mm. Great day for racing. We were all saying, what a fantastic day that th this is. And that evening, she will have taken on many new fans, right, who saw this, you know, th th this effervescent, brilliant jockey uh, ride uh, a big-name winner and then give uh, a great interview. Now, those fans will have wondered on Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, are we going to see her at the Grand National? But... Answer came there none. So what's the message? Well, the, the, the message is that th those people handling her publicity need to be much more aware of the, the property that they are dealing with. And I'm sorry to use the word property about a person, but she, she is a very hot property. And what we got on Tuesday, which is, these are a few lines, now go away, you're, you're not getting anything else, isn't good enough. The, the public... The racing public and the betting public, those with an interest in Bryony Frost and the Grand National, need to be kept up to speed much, much better than that. Thin gruel like that just isn't good enough. Let's talk about 
um, Pat Smullen, who's a remarkable <laughs> jockey and an even more remarkable man, mm. judged by his um, continuing uh, recovery from, from pancreatic cancer, which is, is always the worst possible news. And it, he's, been a, he's been an inspiration to so many people, Charlie, and the idea that he might even get back to the saddle is quite extraordinary. I think it's wonderful, yeah. He's obviously a very strong character, and he's an example to everybody, especially people who are ill, that you know, this is the way forward, and if, if you set your mind to do something, hopefully you can get there. And everyone wants to see him back on the race course, and um, he's an example to everyone, yeah. And I think even he recognises that if he gets back on a horse, then great, but if he doesn't, he's incredibly fortunate to have have got to where he has got, but that's partly down to his own mental and physical fortitude. Oh, absolutely. He, he's a realist um, and an optimist, too, to, to be doing or to have got where he is now, but um, he's exceptional, and I wish him all the best. I hope, hope the good is he does get back on the race course, yeah. And in a sense, if this, if this recovery continues the way we hope it, it will, he, he's also something of a pioneer. He's an absolute hero, Pat Smullen. Uh, the uh, we often trot out this phrase, and we mean it very few times, about someone never saying a bad word about someone else. But in his case, it does happen to be true. Uh, he's a Derby winner. Uh, he is an extremely high achiever in his profession. But moreover, much more importantly, he is a, a, a good guy to deal with. Uh, he's taken uh, every step with incredible dignity and courage and fortitude and uh, the, the, the idea of Pat Smullen riding again and riding a winner. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, uh, it's such an amazing thing even to ponder. And just the idea at the moment that recovery is progressing well is fantastic and everyone here wishes you, Pat, uh, well and, of course, all, all your family. Let's move on and talk about this year's trainer's title, which was conceded yesterday by Nicky Henderson. He said, I'm, I'm raising the white flag, I'm just going to enjoy entry. Do you believe him, Charlie Mann? <laughs> I think Nicky's taking the pressure off himself, but, I mean, I mean it, it go, the championship goes all the way to the line, um, and Paul's, Paul's in Antigua right now, so he's obviously very confident, but he's, uh, Nicky's about 400,000 behind. But you've got Aintree coming up. Um, he's got some big guns there. Uh, you've got the Air Scottish National meeting, and, uh, and obviously you've got Sandown. Mm. So it's, I don't think it's certainly yet won or lost. Um, and Nicky does have Valtor in the Grand National. Booba Dare potentially for the Aintree hurdle. Altior could go to Aintree for the Melling Chase. It's a, that's a lot of money on the line there. A lot of money, yeah. I mean, the National, I don't know how strong a team's got for National, but you're talking about a million pounds or 700,000 to win it. So it, it can all change. Um, I know Paul was way back, I don't know how many years ago it was, and he won the Scottish National. And and he won the National with Neptune Collange yeah. as well, didn't he? And that was that a turning year. point, obviously. Yeah. When he blew Nicky out of the water, mm. famously. Uh, you worked for Paul for many years, Christian. You know more than anyone that his desire to win the championship exceeds anybody else's. Yeah, Paul's relentless. He just does, doesn't stop. And you told him about Nicky Henderson's cards. He's still got to play, but Paul's still going to be running his horses, and he just runs them. They run consistently all year, and he's... He just seems to run his horses more than other trainers do, and he's good at plotting out for the, the prize money. You see, he's run as a Kelso the last two meetings, and that's all he thinks about is just just constantly training winners, and he just does not stop. <laughs> do, do you look back on your time down there with, with, with fondness or not? I loved it, yeah. I loved every minute of it. 
and what was what was the best thing about being there at that time? Uh, we was such a good such a good team of horses, and it was you know first three in the Gold Cups and Queen Mothers, and you just had you had those first um, first lot of French horses. You used to have a pick of the French horses and the Irish pointers, and and he seems to have gone back to that stage now as well. Uh, Paul Nichols and Nicky Henderson vying for the trainer's title again, but Nicky Henderson, as good as raised the white flag yesterday at Newbury. Eight hits Irish. The Irish have brought in a whip-counting regulation. It doesn't necessarily mean you get a ban if you strike a horse eight times, but it does mean you get referred to the stewards, who then make a judgment call. What's wrong with that? Well, in Ireland, it used to be 12, but it wasn't actually in the legislation. It was just a guideline, say, if you believe a jockey has hit uh, the horse more than 12 times you can you can have him in now it's in legislation and it's eight I think it's a, a, a very unfortunate step because I don't feel that whip abuse which which happens and I am for whatever people might think that I'm as opposed to as much as anybody else I don't think a misuse of the whip can be measured by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight strokes I think that, uh, as Ruby Walsh said this week, you can hit a horse twice and it can still be uh, a whip offence. This reduces, w- what it's done in Britain is reduce mm. the stewards to uh, counters. Oh, look, he's gone one over. Well, so it, what? The it, horse it, is it, in contention. He's, being, he's using the Look at Ryan, Ryan Moore's use of the whip, right? Ryan Moore could use a, a whip 13 times in a race and that would not constitute... Uh, a crime against equine welfare. It's extremely hard to argue, though, that the whip rules in this country haven't worked really quite well over the last few years. I think the BHA have done a good job with the whip. Well, I, I, I think that, uh, that concentrating on use of the whip and, uh, and seeking to, to snuff out abuse or misuse of it is a laudable thing, but I just don't think that the numbers are were or are the way to we know that, I want I want to yeah, I want to hear from two former jockeys uh, yeah, here. Of course. Christian first of all where do you stand on this should there be a should have the Irish done the right thing trying to come in line shelve in line with the rest uh, of Europe I'm not too sure really it's, it's days point now this you give the horse time to respond and you could there's a difference between hitting, hitting the horses eight times in 200 yards or hitting it eight times in a four mile race or a three mile race or what do you think Charlie I think the problem we have is, is in, the, in the Grade 1 race especially because if it comes to winning a £200,000 race and you're yeah. going to get it two more smacks, a jockey will take a ban of four or five days. So unless they ever brought it in, which I don't think is a good idea, that you can actually lose a race by hitting a, a horse too many times, then you're always going to get a situation where you're going to hit him more times than, than you should because... It's a big race. You don't get too many chances of winning those, and you'll take the risk. And that's where they need to presumably tighten up the regulations. And we sort of finished where we started, really, with the National Hunt Chase again and Declan Lavery's uh, appeal. I, do you know, this is the sort of topic that could take up two and a half hours, but I'm kind of grateful for the fact that we restrict this to, to two minutes. Um, he won the appeal, and most people seem to think that that was right. What do you make of the, the situation in the round, Charlie? It should never have happened. I mean, I think it was, it was a wrong decision. The fact that the vet didn't look at the horse afterwards, I think, is disgraceful. Which was revealed on this programme last yep. week by Philip Hobbs, next sitting next to Nick Rust. And I thought it was absolutely extraordinary. I think the guy gave him a, He should have gone medal, not, a, not a, um, a ban. He nursed that horse over the last two fences, and he never hit it once. And I thought it was an exceptional ride. And 
it was a disgrace that ever went down to Shaftesbury Avenue. Here's the interesting... Hi, Hoban. 75, hi, Hoban. Uh, here's, the, here's the interesting point about uh, the BHA's reaction to this, essentially likening it to a, a refereeing decision, uh, a quick refereeing decision that is then overturned on, on appeal. Are you, are you happy with that sort of portrayal of it? Or not? Uh, broadly, I, I, I don't think that's. I, I, I think that it, the, the stewards made the wrong decision. I don't think it was a disgrace. I think it was the wrong decision, mm. uh, and that it was right that it was overturned. Uh, I think it's right that if uh, if it is contrary to a horse's welfare that it continues in a race, it doesn't really matter where it is, even if it's in the lead. Mm. Then the jockey should take. The appropriate action. Uh, I, I think that I, I, I haven't got as overheated about this as many people. I think that that through a long and winding road, justice has been done. And that's what the appeals procedure is there for, Christian, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like the, the stewards on the day made a mistake, like we all do, and and it was overturned a fortnight later. Move on. Move on. There we go. <laughs> ne- ne- never has more sense been spoken. You wanted. You wanted. A, the last well, word. I, I would like to see uh, in big big races or races of a certain value. I, I would like to see rider offences uh, probably dealt with not by the stewards on the day, but maybe deferred to uh, London mm. a, a few days afterwards. Whereby it, it's not a question of dodging it or not putting it in the uh, on five. Maybe it's just like we take this sufficiently seriously that. We're taking our time over this decision. Yeah. We're not. We're not doing it before the next race or anything like this. We're calling the guy in. We're looking at all the tapes, and at the end of it, we will publish the, band, the punishment. Yeah. The bands don't come into play for a fortnight, do they? So no. Well, we have played. We've played fast and loose with the time this week, with the clock. But those were this week's talking points. <laughs> Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiwell Dubai.